Blog Talk Radio. volume where we talk about the arts and living conscious. It is me, Nikki Beauvais, and as always, we have V, a.k.a. Paleo Boss Lady, a.k.a. my mom, on the other end of things. Good morning, Mom. How are you? Good, good, good. Happy Wednesday, world. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. How's your um, week you been? Were, you know, it, it's been, uh, been good. Last week was a pretty mellow week for me. Um and this week's been kind of crazy. So, um, yeah, I had, uh, you know, a very, very busy week this week coming up. And, um, you know, it's just been it's just been good. I went to the Hollywood Bowl last night, got to see the L.A. Phil do uh, Magic Mozart, and it was phenomenal. So, um, can't So complain. jealous. Yeah, it was awesome. Perfect night to be outside, too. It was just... Well, and there's is the weather little, not perfect right now? I mean, the weather's really beautiful. Is. Thank God. It's been since, what, uh, beginning of June that we've had kind of just a summer full of heat. Right. I mean, I'm living in downtown L.A. right now, and I have the windows open, and it's a nice cool breeze, and it's like Yeah, that's where I was last night, too. Um, Beautiful. We were were in, like, near downtown L.A., and I thought it was going to be hot, you know, but it was actually, um, it was, like you're saying, it was just perfect. Yeah, yeah. So that's great. Well, I'm a little jealous, but happy that you got to do the bowl. And I'm super excited today. I think today's show is going to be really interesting for everyone. I mean, yeah. uh, in the world of, um, I just came back from Worlds last week, which you know, I, I, we were, I was live from there last week. And one of the things that was really interesting and shows how old school I am is, you know, I'm like handing people cards and they're like, no, like, what's your IG? Like, I'll just follow you on social media. Like, all of a sudden now, it, I realize that that is the new face of a business card. That is the new face of the way we communicate and, you know, brought us right, you know, to thinking about, you know, branding you, branding whether it's your it, your person or your company, you know, and how, right. how does that look today and how do you navigate that? So I'm really excited to have Claire Bancroft on who has been branding, you know, Paleo Boss Lady, branded mm-hmm. up your volume, Um you know, been working on and off with branding um, companies and ideas for me for almost two decades. So uh, excited to have Claire on later today. Yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, obviously, she's a great family friend of ours, too. So it's just cool. I feel like it's like family being on here. It's great. I'm so excited. Yep. And I'm super excited because as everyone knows, we sort of rehearse this because we value your time and that you are spending time with us. So just don't think that we just get on here. I mean, we work really hard at this and I'm super excited because um, I know what Nikki's going to talk about a little bit and I can't wait for you to get started on because every song has been playing like an album in my brain since you mentioned them today. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah, no, it's funny, you know, thinking about, 
you know, all these, these are some 90s tracks that we're going to go over. Um, and I actually, I, I, I actually got a gel pen recently. And I don't know, do you, I don't know if you remember me using like the sparkly gel pens. Like uh-huh, you loved them. And I, I got a couple colors today and I'm just looking down at my hands right now. And I wrote my notes all in this sparkly turquoise. And now I have sparkles everywhere. And I'm just like, <laughs> just laughing Not much different than when you were growing up. Nope, not much, um, except for the writing on my hand and everything. But, um, okay, so yesterday, as I think you guys saw a lot of social media posts, um, it would have been Whitney Houston's 53rd birthday. And, um, you know, she passed about four years ago, 2012. And I wanted to do a playlist dedicated to some of her great um, music. And, um, obviously, I grew up being a huge Whitney fan, and a lot of these all of these songs I've probably covered at, at one point in my life or the next. And um, I just want to get right into it, starting um, at number five. Just uh, just because everybody knows the song, I, I put it at number five. doesn't mean it's not one of her best. Um, but I Will Always Love You. Mm-hmm. And then, yep, and then coming in at number four, Saving All My Love For You. At number three, I Have Nothing. At number Such two, How... Oh, yeah. That's probably, I want to say that's probably my favorite. And then, um, How Will I Know? Mm-hmm. And then coming in at number one, I Want to Dance with Somebody. And I see every I, one of these videos on MTV, every song. Like, I can see oh, Whitney, yeah. everyone, her outfits, her hair. Especially the, the I Want to Dance with Somebody. That was like her uh-huh. in her prime. She was new. That song was hot. Um, just had a great beat, and it was just, I mean, the powerhouse vocals over pop really hadn't been done before her, and, and Mariah kind of came along. Um, True. You know, and then and then came, like, Celine and people like that, but I think, I think that Whitney kind of paved that way, and I definitely wanted to pay her some, you know, homage to her, you know, it would have been her birthday, so... That's my playlist for this week, even though there are great new artists that I really want to... Next week's playlist is going to be about new and upcoming artists um, that I, I, you know, I think are, are on the up and up. And um, some of them are actually some of my good friends. So I definitely am excited Which about is, next week's playlist, too. And our guest next week is going to just, you know, talk about up and coming. I mean, oh, yeah, I can't no, wait. Yeah, it's going to be huge. So. It's it's definitely inspired by by the Berkeley crew. So um, look forward to that next week. Um, but you know, last week we we touched on uh, we talked about the Olympics were starting. We talked about mm-hmm. um, women's football, aka soccer, for us. Um, and we talked about how uh, the Olympics have kind of been paving the way for um, South Africa's women to really oh, have yeah. a name for that. Um, so just like what we talked about last week, um, even though the game, you know, opening ceremony was the fifth and, and uh, games didn't start till six, technically they started last Wednesday, which I told you guys last week, that August 3rd was truly the kickoff because that's when they started having the football games, the women's football game. Um, and, you know, women, have, we've also been talking about women. So I wanted to marry the two and just talk about a lot of the world, rec- world records that have been breaking um, over in Rio this this past week, and just kind of congratulate and shout out some of the women. So, in starting with uh, women's football, since that's what we were talking about last week, um, a lot of history was made, and um, 
there was an Australia-Canada match, uh, I believe, on the 3rd or 4th of August. Uh, so I think it was last Wednesday, actually. And um, uh, Canada's Janine Becky actually scored the fastest goal in Olympic history after only 19 seconds of play. They ended up winning 2-0. to zero. So that's a huge, wow, huge world record. Yeah, so fastest goal in Olympic history. Um, goes out to Janine Becky of Canada. In that same game, Shalina Zadorsky, and I, I, I am I, I believe I'm pronouncing these correctly, but in the event that I'm not, I apologize for any um, mispronounced names. She also is a Canadian. Um, she received the fastest red card in women's Olympic football after her foul in the 18th minute. So that's kind of – it's a funny world record. Um <laughs> And then, uh, I don't know if you guys have been catching Brazil's games, but they've just absolutely blown me away. Um, they played Sweden and won 3-0. They played China, won 3-0. I haven't seen all of them, but I have seen those two games. They were out of this world. Um, one of Brazilian soccer stars, um, uh, Christiane Rosiria, um, she earned the most goals scored in the Olympic women's soccer, making, and that was 13 goals in all of her Olympic years that she's Amazing. Been, been playing. And she actually shares that. She didn't, she didn't beat the world record. She shares that record um, with uh, a Danish player named Sofa Nielsen, also female, um, scored 13 goals from the years 1908 to 1912. So we're at um, we're we're 100 years past that already. So it's pretty crazy that in 100 years somebody hasn't been able to, you know, beat beat that record. So 13 13 goals. Um, wow. Is, is the record. And then getting right into it, Becky Ledecky, or no, sorry, Katie Ledecky. Um, <sighs> Sorry, I just wanted to rhyme Ledecky. I, I know. I like um, the name, though. Becky Ledecky. I mean, it rolled off your tongue <laughs> so easily. I was down. I know what you were talking about. I'm like, yeah. I think it's because of Janine Becky and then Becky Ledecky. <laughs> I just went right into it. But Katie Ledecky, she is only 19. Um, this this girl, she she's going to Stanford. She's absolutely incredible. Um, she's been, you know, highly acclaimed. She actually... Um, she beat her own record set two years prior. Pretty crazy. So she's, she just beat her own record um, that she had at 17, which is even crazy. Wow. In the 400-meter freestyle, um, she did three minutes, 56 seconds, and 46 milliseconds. Uh, I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch this race. It was – I mean, it was one of the, the – I, I felt like a parent. I was, like, screaming at the top of my lungs. She literally had, like, almost double lapped her opponents. She had a five-second lead on all of her opponents, which if if you understand, you know, any of the swimming race, five seconds, it's usually by the millisecond. It's huge, right. You know, and, and, and uh, you know, she no one even got in her minute range. No one was even in three minutes. Everything was four minutes and over. So, she she did this by a landslide, just killed it out of the park. I mean, this was insane. So could you um, imagine? Yeah, she she's a beast and and the youngest. Um, she's 19 years old. Like I said, 
she uh, beat her own world record uh, that she set when she was only 17. So this this little girl is is insane, and she won um, her first gold. So good for her, and keep up the great work. That is that's killer performance from Katie Ledecky. Um, Sweden Sarah Sandstrom um, set a world record for the 100 meter butterfly at 55 sec 55.48 seconds, and, and that was a close race, and definitely, um, you know, she was the favorite, and she ended up, uh, you know, killing it and setting a world record. So good for her. Um, those are the world records. Those are the, the ladies just doing the damn thing. Yeah. And speaking, yeah, I'm super excited about that. Yeah, and speaking right. Speaking of records, I do want to mention another huge world record that happened. Um, I kind of want to hear your feedback on this as well. Um, Pokemon actually earned, <laughs> broke a world record. Pokemon Go broke the world record for um, for mobile games, earning the mobile title. It earned over $200 million in the first month, which is eight times as much as Candy Crush Saga owned in its first month. And the only, the previous world record holder was Clash Royale, and they had earned $120 million in the first month. This is pretty much double. So, I mean, congratulations to Pokemon Go, but also at the same time, this is pretty scary, in my opinion. Very scary, in my opinion. I really feel like people, I mean, we are times just that stressful that people need an outlet, and this just happened to be a perfect storm. Um, I think that's a great way of looking at it. I definitely do. Um, I'm, I would say a lot of it is also younger kids, and I don't think you really understand the hardships of what is going on until you're a little bit older than some of the people playing this game. True, um, right. And I just, I know, I know in your generation and definitely in mine, you know, we were outside a lot more. Um, so I think a lot of parents are sticking up for the game saying this is getting my kid outside, but I mean, your kid isn't looking up from their phone. So yeah, they might be outside, <laughs> but they're going to also walk in front of a freaking moving vehicle. So, I mean, I don't know, right. you know, how, how, um, but you know, I, I, I do, I don't want to talk trash on it. I, I'm definitely supportive and, and, um, you know, this is a game for my generation, so I get it. Uh, and it is the first kind of virtual world game that's ever come to your fingertips. So, um, yeah, good for them. And uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, you know, I, you know, again, I, I find it to be, um, you know, I've, I'm in awe that people. Can- but also was a pinball wizard. I was the kid that played Pac-Man and did all that. So it's been a conscious choice for me not to engage in these things because I do find them addictive. And I feel like, yeah, the times are stressful and people can use this as sort of an escape. But I also feel like it takes our eye off of the ball of some pretty critical issues that are going on in our country right now, whether it be politics or in our world, uh, terrorism, sustainability, uh, a pharmaceutical drug epidemic, you know, things that, you know, maybe if we could at least not spend $200 million on mind, uh, lack of focus beyond play. Um, and maybe right. a little bit of that on, uh, communal efforts towards bettering ourselves and our environment. I'd like to see a, a little, 
a little bit more of that come from the same people, just from Agreed. all of us, really. Yeah, you know? I, I agree. I agree. Um, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of great things going on. Stay tuned for more, uh, updates on the Olympic games. I'm super excited about that. Like I said, next week, um, we're going to be kind of touching on new and upcoming artists. So stay tuned for that playlist and definitely, um, you know, I'll give you guys a lot of, uh, their website information, things like that too. So that's coming next week. And what do you, what's going on in the conscious world? Well, it's interesting because, you know, um, for some reason, things just happen by accident, I feel like. I feel like every month our podcasts seem to evolve, building upon things that we had before. And that's not um, necessarily a super conscious effort on our part, but um, it, it becomes a conscious part of our discussion as we practice these podcasts. And I was really excited to see that Women's Health recently came out with, you know, taking a stand regarding body shaming. Um, and for, you know, the women's movement and for our voice, I think it's about time that we continue to see, um, media outlets like women's health. And like we saw sports illustrated by having on their swimsuit cover a size 16 model this year, you know, all of these, um, steps are actually resulting in psychological studies showing that women are becoming less obsessed about their body image and are more accepting of their appearance. And I think that these steps by places like women's health and brands like women's health, no longer agreeing to have headlines that say bikini ready or drop two sizes in a week, uh, no longer feeding into that, that uh, mindset. And that sort of um, destructive mindset um, and destructive use of our vocabulary to to um, instill, you know, unhealthy cultural influence is just huge for us as women and as a culture. So, you know, in getting conscious, I just want to applaud because we're oftentimes we're so quick to be like, oh, the media, the media. There are there is a media shift that is resulting in positive outcomes for women. So, I wanted to just, you know, talk about that a little bit today. And I think that's huge. I do too. I mean, you know, just, I guess not so recently, but recently I got out of college in 2010 and I just remember, um, you know, living with, with different girls and having all these roommates and, you know, definitely women, I think more are, are definitely body obsessed. And, um, you know, these girls would, would get magazines like that, that would say, here's the perfect beach body. And, you know, post them on our refrigerator door, all over the room, in the mirror. And it definitely was like, you know, I think, I think, you know, you did a a great job in raising me to believe that, you know, you know, I was made the way I was supposed to be made and to appreciate the body that I had. I don't think it was really, I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, there was high school girls that were body obsessed, but I don't think it was really until I started living with other women in college that I started realizing how most, I would say most girls at that age, especially perceive themselves and how hard it is to really feel comfortable with their own body. And they're always struggling with that. Um, And not even so much. I mean, I did have definitely roommates that struggled with, um, you know, eating disorders, but I think more so than that, um, I didn't really encounter that as much as I did just, 
um, being so hard on themselves and never, never feeling good enough. And uh, I think that definitely had to do with the media. I mean, I think the media, as we've talked about in our previous podcast, definitely controls the psychological aspect of, of our, our, of our, you know, social world these days. And, um, you know, I, I'm happy to hear that these, I, I think you were telling me earlier that they, you know, they wouldn't be able to say like, you know, perfect beach body drop two sizes by, you know, by fall or whatever those things are, you know, it's, it's kind of false hope and saying that, Oh, we can do it. You know? So, I mean, it's, it's definitely a smarter way. And I think we'll start to see an upward trend in, I think less, less eating disorders and, and, and things like that, or at least I hope. And yeah. I, I hope so too. Hope too. I hope so too. And I definitely think it's a step in the right direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, I thank you for bringing that up and bringing awareness to that. And I hope that more uh, you know, magazines and ad, you know, ads aren't aren't so portrayed like that anymore. And and that there that this is a a trending thing. So let's let's hope that that uh, they're not the only magazine that that takes a step in this direction. I agree. I agree. And it looks like you know, it, it looks like it's working. You know, um, studies show that it's working. So I think that that's just great. And uh, I'm excited about that. Well, great, guys. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk with Claire Bancroft and we're going to get right into it. So uh, stay tuned and we'll be right back. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I'm just making sure everything yeah. works. We're good. We're good. So what's going on? Oh, Hello, welcome day. back. Welcome back, everyone. I'm really excited to have Claire Bancroft on. She's the CEO of Parasol Studio and also the founder of Get Karmic. Um, Claire and I go back a couple decades. We actually met um, when... I had a retail store um, called Sanity, and it was during a time when actually MS was um, decided it wanted to start its debilitating trend, and I was in the hospital, and Claire came to the rescue and started working um, with my company and pretty much has been, we've been together on and off for that whole time, and Claire is responsible for the branding um, of Paleo Boss Lady and of up your volume and has really been instrumental in helping um, once paleo boss lady became sort of um, something more uh, beyond uh, my own personal journal and, and started representing something to, to the community. You know, I engaged Claire immediately to be like, help me with my brand. So um, Claire not only um, is known for helping establish brands for other people, but also in um, is responsible for our brand. So welcome, Claire. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited too. Thank you. 
Yeah, one of the things was last week I went to Worlds, which we talked about, and one of the interesting outcomes for me was every time I would meet someone and I'd reach in my handbag, you know, my 53-year-old person would reach in my handbag to pull out my business card, people were like, well, what's your IG handle? Like, where where are you on on social media? And it became very um, apparent to me quickly that you know, we, all of us are a brand, whether we have a business or not in today's digital world, we are all a brand and, you know, how to effectively communicate that. Uh, my daughter and I were talking sure. about, you know, how each one of us can have a website and we have reason to have a website and, and how, how do you navigate these things, especially when, whether it's school admissions, jobs, whatever it is, people look for you digitally and how do you have a brand that represents your person as well as the brand of you you know how do you cross sort of the the chasm and then also how do you develop a brand for maybe a company or business that you have when you also need to have your own personal brand like i have the diane v capaldi personal brand that's just for my friends and then i have the paleo boss lady persona like how do you navigate all that so that's kind of what we wanted to talk about the best practice advice that you might have okay fascinating it is truly it is truly a shift you know where you know you didn't really brand yourself only limited people used their own name and became a brand now, it's everybody. It's how you define yourself and make your way and navigate through careers and personal life. That's incredible how much that's changed. I mean, and, and I theory. think, yeah, because like when I started my Facebook page or my Instagram and things like that, like I wasn't thinking my brand. I was thinking I want to be on Instagram. You know, right. And, and- I think a lot of us made the mistake of like, not even a mistake, but it was like we we're capturing moments of life. It wasn't always, you know, paleo boss lady. Sometimes it's like, here's, you know, here's me going out or whatever it is, you know right. what I mean? And, and, and you forget like, oh crap, now all of a sudden people that are following me and everything, this is now business. You know what I mean? Yes. I mean, it really, truly is. You know, when I'm at Worlds and CEOs are like, what's your IG? It's like, okay, well, what am I going to say? No, you're going to say what your IG is. And now you have to think about, okay, well, this is not just me wanting an Instagram account. This is my calling card. And this is, you know, a new reality for me. I mean, even LinkedIn. Yeah. You know, you know, everyone is, you know, you go to, you know, it's huge and, you know, you know, it could become overwhelming. So, you know, I know that even, you know, like, how do you decide which? Well, even, even Snapchat has gotten so big that lifestyle, your lifestyle is now also associated with your brand, the way you live your life and what you do, it could be anything. You could go get a pedicure and put it on Snapchat and people are liking it. You know what I mean? There it's everything you do. And now that's led into Instagram. So now you have the, here's how I live my life. Also, here's me promoting my brand. You know, all, all is right. written on Instagram now. So, I mean, it's, it, like you said, it's definitely scary because it's everything, every little thing you do, it's everybody's in the spotlight now. You know, every, everybody's promoting their brand in, the, in this, this way. So let's say and you already have a brand. Right. Right. Not really, 
you know, it's not just the brand. It's, it's then that's your image. Then that becomes mm-hmm. your image. So whatever you're putting out there, you know, whether you're flying for a job tomorrow, then that corporation sees your brand image out in the public. So you have to be careful right. of what you put out because Absolutely. even a year ago, so how do you navigate that? How do you navigate? Let's say you already have an IG, a Facebook, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, you realize that it's like, whoa, uh, I probably shouldn't be posting 420 every day. I probably <laughs> shouldn't be, you know, me dancing on the bar. And I'm saying these things because I did it. So I'm really talking from experience. And I should probably get more serious. But I still want this to be able to be me, you know, like what are some of the considerations that you would recommend and steps that you can take? Well, first, if it's, if it's personal um, and you're not a brand, so say you, I mean, that's part of your brand and part of your image and it's an authentic uh, look at yourself. So it would be that you would need to establish that these are, this is your path, you know, create goals, look at your future, plan steps out that, that you're trying to become. If you're going to look at brand identity as a person, not just as, a, you know, from a company design perspective, then you want to look at what it is you want to send, what message you're trying to convey. What's your mission statement personally and professionally? And right. make sure that they are connected, that they are consistent and on track for where you want to go. And it's just your foundation, and you want your foundation to be as solid as it possibly can be before you make that, that leap so you're not backtracking and going, okay, well, I'm rebranding myself this whole new image, say, you know, kicking it old school, let's bring up new Coke, you know, right. old Coke. Right. <laughs> you know? right. So it's just a, it's important to think about. And at what point do you think that people, um, you know, would would consider making a leap to having their own website? Yeah, you know, I find, and I'm going to just talk from like a business, from businesses. Um, you know, anybody who is a designer, or if you're trying to be, you know, you should have your own professional website, or at least start the process to get to that. Do a free site first. It's amazing the technology of today. Basically, everybody on the planet um, can learn photo, can learn all of the design software possible, and create their own websites and do their own thing. And those are all fantastic tools that allow you those flexibility of those dollars you can't spend to hire a designer. But then at some point, it should you like anything, any design service, you should hire someone that's in the business, that knows the business, to help you get further. You wouldn't hire a plumber to do your electrical work, you know, and it's just right. you would choose to hire somebody that would be, uh, that would help you put all the pieces together. Well, it's so interesting. I mean, to, in today's um, environment, um, I've actually gone from, 
Uh, I started off with, you know, there are some of these great website tools that you can do on your own and they're not very expensive. They do take time average right. between, I'd say about 60 hours a week to, to do a very professional looking website. I started out with a Wix website. That's W I X. Then I went to a WordPress website, which I actually had to hire designers for. And then I recently just did a new website, which is Squarespace. And I'm going to say total investment for all three websites, me having my own website for over three years was probably about a thousand dollars. And one of the things that for me um, became important in the second iteration of my website, which is, was me taking a leap from paleo boss lady being a community of support to being a a support for me to being a community of support for myself and the community. So offering tools, right. um, then that's when I engaged you. That's when I said, I need a logo and I need my website to match the logo. Like there should be background colors that should pull and right. type style and things like that. Um, so, and then when I did the new website this year, you know, came back to you and said, okay, you know, we're doing a podcast and how do we incorporate it? So even though there are these tools that have been available to me, I've maintained use of a designer, AKA you for my branding. And I think that that has what, you know, that has been a huge step forward. Um, in getting my message noticed because I've had an attractive eye-catching brand. And well, that's, um, right. that's kind of the whole idea behind Pinterest is, is the look of something and, and even Instagram at first, because it was just, you know, like you're saying with the colors pulling and things like that, I think image imagery is still important for your brand. 100%. It's, I yep. think it's, it's almost everything. At some point, exactly. it's your foundation. It's so at what visual. point does someone, you know, whether it be professionally or personally, because again, you don't have to have a business to develop a brand. I mean, you just don't. Right. Um, at what point do you sit down and, and, and engage, you know, someone to help you define that brand? Um, is it, you know, uh, you know, is, is there, is there sort of a marker? Like for me, it was, you know, which I already talked about, but th there has to be some sort of a, a, a conversation or an internal trigger or recommendation where people should be like, you know what, I probably need to talk to a designer because now I'm talking brand and that's what I'm trying to understand or help our community to know. When does that happen? Okay. Well, from, I'll take it from both sides of that, from your personal and your business, and from the lens of one being an interior designer, been that for many years, and also then corporate branding. Uh, you know, we all make decisions at times. Usually we make these decisions once we've started seeing some growth in what we've already started out at. Wherever we started, now we're like, okay, we're ready to evolve to the next level. Right. And that could be one year from now, two weeks from now, but it's somewhere inside of you, like say you, people spend money on their homes because they want to make a great presentation. They've suddenly made all this money and they want their status to be elevated, their home to be beautiful and cohesive and be a reflection of themselves. Well, that's very important. And in your business and in your brand, personally and professionally, 
Um, I think it's even more personal than your home. I think it might be we decide these things almost instantaneously. So you then really you might want to look at it immediately as soon as you've had the thought, okay, I want to convey this message out to the universe, out to the world, out to my friends, out to professionally, and now is the time. So maybe get get talking to a designer um, or do some research um, on – on the on that path, mm-hmm. and I've also established in over the years, you know, it's almost like your own creative brief. So write down everything that you're trying to do, convey your messages, um, what you want it to look like two right. weeks from now, five years from now, and then that's your message. And then you can co- have that tool and take it to a designer. And they can build upon that and build your direction. Right. I love the analogy with your house, you know, and and decorating. You know, it's very similar to that. You know, it's it's like building, you know, it's a reflection upon you. What does each room look like? What does, you know, what what, what does this convey to the public? And um, that that really resonated with me, that – you know, when you're looking at your brand, it's it's similar to, okay, I'm building my house. And, you know, that's a very personal decision. Um, right. It is. I, honestly, I thought that being an interior designer was as, as personal as you could get because everybody's defenses are down in the world because they are in their own home and they are in their, in their trust tree, so to mm-hmm. speak. And they become who they are and then you're defining their home as they are. And you are, you've got this one moment, and I had told you, you know, my little philosophy through design was measure three times, cut once. Right. It applies, you know, as your external view to the world, it applies the same way. And maybe that's even more, I find that it might be even more personal. That now it's sensitive. People are incredibly sensitive, and they want everything, and you've got to reel them back in just the same way and get them to find their foundation and build from there. That one piece, take their big picture and narrow it back down to where it begins. Yeah. I love that measure three times cut once. Yeah. I love that too. I just wrote it down. (laughs) Yeah. It's great. Claire said that to me and I was like, I love that measure three times cut once. That's like the title of a book measure three times cut once. It really is. Uh, and again, I mean, when I think about my first email address, like it was like perverted because I just thought it was a joke. <laughs> like people weren't doing their names. I mean, Nikki, yours no. is like Roxy Hot Chica. You know what I mean? Like, well, remember? Well, I mean, well, that's, that's kind of, I mean, for me personally, I think you guys both know me very well. And, you know, my per, in my personal life, you know, uh, you know, pot has been a big part of my life, but because of the image I'm going for and the, the, the niche that I'm trying to uh, appeal to musically and uh, professionally, you know, I have chose to opt out of that. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I I did used to have Roxy Chica, Playboy Bunny (laughs) shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, these these are things I was randomly obsessed with. And I think that was when, 
you know, your screen name and all that stuff was a very personal thing. It was private. You know, it, now right. that world took over. I mean, yeah, it did. it did start with AOL and then AOL turned into, exactly. you know, it's, just, it's crazy. I mean, the, the internet really has made this a very personal, I mean, especially when Chap- Snapchat came out, I was going to say Chap Snap, I don't even know what the heck it's called anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> Chap Snap. Um, but, uh, you know, like, I mean, it's, it's people are revealing all. It's almost like those, like, blooper moments from a movie where you're, like, behind yeah. the scenes. Right. This is, like, behind the scenes of everyone's life. I mean, and yeah, now that's called funneling too much information it, chat. Exactly. I mean, yeah. it literally used to be. It used to be like, okay, you know, there are famous people that have their, they have their IG up, you know, we can't get to their Facebook page, their personal Facebook, but they have fan page. And now it's like, they're giving out their Snapchat. So we even feel closer to these people. Yes. Right. You know, and, and I know the Kardashians are kind of famous for their Snapchat and it's just crazy. It's like, now we get to go through a day in the life of these people and see where they eat, what they, what, what, you know, what do you know everything where do they shop are are they down the street from me do they live in the same part of the hood you know it's like um your brand now is kind of taken over into your lifestyle and personal and business have kind of intermingled and i think you know um it's just it's awesome hearing about it from a brand specialist like claire how this has really you know changed in the past shit I, i only three three years I think couple years that it's really yeah, without a doubt and it's interesting because I do you know for people that are listening I do want to point out and maybe Claire can you know add or, or add some color commentary or correct me if I'm wrong but sure. in the times that we've worked together because a lot of times you know when you're thinking about this I mean who thinks about uh, you know my social media is a brand and I should you know probably consider a designer a lot of people do and how does that look like you know what does that look like well first it's identify you know who it's just like a dentist it's just like your architect you know you don't start with one and then a year later bring on another one to pick up where the other one left off you're you're find a designer that you're gonna that's gonna grow with you you know as your first year your second year your third year as you evolve and you know I've been able to do things like on a project basis where, you know, uh-huh. hey, I, you know, where, you know, I, I went to the designer, you know, said, this is what I need. How much is it going to cost a logo? Let's say um, I've also done retainer where I knew I needed support on a new website for three months. How much would it cost for me to have X, Y, Z hours of your time right. that month on a retainer? Right. And then um, I've also had um, designers where it's been sort of, um you know, like, uh, you know, just a, 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 an ongoing yearly sort of fee, meaning that, you know, I need all of my um, my promotional stuff done, you know, where basically they are sort of the right art, like they're, they're a contractor that does everything from design, you know, my newsletter, my this, right. my that, and it's just, you know, project after project. So, you know, there's different ways, but having a designer to me has often been like having a doctor. They are my doctor. I searched for them. I found the one that best suits my needs. And as I grow, I touch in, touch base with them. And the fees are based on where I am in my evolution, in my growth 
Would that right? You know, whereas I, I will tell you that the first website I did, I did one of those hire a logoer person because I wanted to spend sixty dollars, and it was the worst decision I ever made. Even the logo I picked was horrific, and I had to fight really hard to unbrand from that image. I still have it out there. It's on my LinkedIn, one of my LinkedIn things, and I can't get rid of it. Um, yeah, so it really makes sense to be able to have communi- like direct communication with a designer. Like an online you can't really talk to is a hard way to convey your brand, isn't it? Yes, I think that sadly, you know, I think design, the word designer um, lends itself to sit in some luxury category. So it becomes the first thing that, you know, that people remove from either, you know, their personal, whether they don't want to use a designer anymore or they don't want to use a designer in your business anymore because that's your luxury item. And it's really not a luxury item. It is, it builds and defines who you are. Yep. You know, there's so many ways in which you can market for free. You can do so yep. many things mm-hmm. that you don't have to spend money on these days. And the most important thing you should spend the money on, especially if you're sitting, if you're trying to be, whatever it is you're trying to convey to out to the world, you should spend the money. Yep. I'm not saying you have to spend it all and keep them on forever, but get your foundation in place. And, and it's funny, um, you know, there's 99 ways in which, you know, you can get a logo done, but great. You've got a logo. Now you didn't, most people don't think, well, I need to have my native files. Keep my, I need to own my own assets. And I struggle that with in design of working with people is that they, they didn't get anything from their original designer or from their offshore designer that did it for $25 you know, seven years ago or whatever. Right. And now they're left where you are recreating. So guess what? That's costing you money and time on both mm-hmm. ends to not just have it like I like I said, measure three times, cut once. Do it once. Get all your pieces in place. Work with someone who understands you, knows your brand, gets excited for you because that's they're supposed to help you. Right. And make you oh, look yeah. good. So, you know. Great advice. So true. That's awesome. Well, where can we yeah. um wh- where can we hear about you? I think you said at get karmic on Instagram. Yeah. And I want to talk about let's talk a little bit about yeah. um because we didn't really touch on that. Um sure, one of sure. the things that you've done in the last year was you came out with your own card line uh under the yes. company brand name Get Karmic and um talk about some beautiful branding and um graphics and all of that. Um do you want to just share with us a little bit about what your karma cards are about? Sure. I created these karma cards to basically, it came from a a funny breakup, a terrible breakup, I should say, and decided I needed to heal and feel good. And I had a dream about it one night at three o'clock in the morning, woke up and I had, was in the bushes outside of a house and they were getting delivered a karma card. And at that time it was probably a little more negative than it is in its evolution of being more about good karma now. 
but it's basically your own personal touchstone. Um, you know, whether it is whatever good message you want to send to yourself and then turn around and send out to somebody else, which is the point. It's to live it, love it, and pass it along. Pass along something good to somebody else. Kindness, whatever word you want to deem karma, um, that's its message. To give back, pay it forward, all those fantastic, you know, feelings that add more positive uh, feeling, more positive feelings to your life. So a karma card is it's (laughs) almost like a credit card size card, and you can have like traffic karma and just good karma and house karma, and you can buy these cards, and you can have one for yourself. Like maybe you want traffic karma to be on your person so that when you're driving in LA, you right. have good traffic karma or what parking if like, karma. right. Parking <laughs> karma. What if, you know, you can buy one for someone else, pass it along. Um, so, and how can people get the karma cards? I know you have an IG, right? It's get karmic. Yes. Get karmic. I have my Facebook, get karmic. I have my website, get karmic.com where you can purchase them. They are, uh, and I'm working, I have my starting of an Etsy account soon, and I have my three-path studio on Etsy also. You know, you've just become, it's funny how you're saying you become brands. You've, you, not only do you brand for yourself, but then you have to brand for others, and it's, a, it's an interesting process. So you live yeah. on both sides of, of, of that understanding. But, yeah, it's fun. It's lighthearted. It's a good feeling, a powerful movement in the positive direction of changing changing that negative mindset and all those things that bring Absolutely. you down let's lift people up I think it's such a good thing right now especially we have a lot of students going off to college people going back to school I think we could all mm-hmm. use karma at the beginning of the year so what an interesting um, you know opportunity we all have if we know someone Um, especially if someone's starting a new school or moving to a new community and starting school. I feel like on my feeds recently, it's been about school and a lot of people moving in anticipation of the school year starting. So, um, you know, karma is something that I think we can all use this time of year. We're also ending, coming to the end of the summer. You know, it's, it's, it's just a great time to think consciously about our own personal karma and, and extending Wishes of karma to others. Yes. Awesome. Definitely. And they can find yeah. out about that at, is it getkarmic.com? Yeah, getkarmic.com and at getkarmic on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. And yes. then if you, if you want to add Claire, um, go to Claire Bancroft, no E on the end of Claire, and go to LinkedIn <laughs> and add her on add her on LinkedIn. Yes, and connect. Yes. Awesome. It'll be exciting adventures out there. Well, thanks so, so much for spending it. time with us today, Thank Claire. You. We really appreciate it. Love you guys. Love you Love too. Love you too. All right, bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. So we're going to take a quick break and then do our uh, – Wake the F up, people. Wake the F up, people. people. Yep. Here we go. All right.
just over here cracking up because we we all just text each other at the exact same time. Me, Claire, and my mom. <laughs> like all three at the exact same time. Oh my god, so cute in our little group group chat. Um, oh no, it was really god. great having her on. Oh, it was really- so awesome. And I think that you know, really a powerful message to people that absolutely, you know, you well, are your brand. I mean, with everybody you connect with and that you're you're involved with in the in the you know kind of a living conscious world, uh, entrepreneur world, you know, and then my little world of music. I mean, branding is everything. So that yep. is hugely influential to have someone like Claire on, especially for our listeners that probably are, are, are in the same worlds that we're in, you know? So I, I definitely think that was long overdue. And I'm really, I'm really thankful for a lot of the advice she gave. Yeah. Yeah. So our, our feature of the week is the wake the F up people. And it's something we've touched on before and I'm motivated to do it again because I learned something that I didn't know and this coming from someone whose mother was a junkie. So I thought I knew everything about addiction and, you know, I knew, you know, I'm still learning. So um, I read recently that in New Jersey, um, 16 people died in one day from a heroin that, you know, was laced. And one of the things that I learned about in this article is that for people that are addicted to heroin, the Russian roulette risk of, um, of procuring heroin and surviving is almost part of the draw. So where I always thought, oh, if they knew it was lace, they wouldn't buy it. But actually, the drug dealers are using this as a way to sort of feed off of the, um, I'm going to say the addicted mind, the addicted psyche, the not uh, rational thinking mind of an addict and using it against them to try because they think, Oh, well, it's either going to kill me or it's super pure. It's super powerful. Um, that's 16 people. And these people are, you know, hovering around, you know, not even over 30 years old dying in one day. And, uh, just, you know, again, realizing, I, I think it's definitely, definitely my age group. And I think, um, you know, having lost uh, tons of my friends to this in particular, um, I think there is a certain rush involved. I mean, because you, you grow up, you learn about drugs and, um, you know, it's very black and white. And then you kind of grow up and, and you start to see gray area with, with things like pot and, and alcohol and things like that. And then I think, um <clears throat> A lot of people get some weird rush over thinking that they could do this one time and not know if they're going to come out the other end. And um, right. I don't know why. I don't know why that. It's like when when I had that. I'm not going to mention names, but I had a really good friend in like first, second, third grade, and she was told to never have cookies, never do this, never, 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 and it was always no, 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 no. So when she would come to our house, we'd have you know, we'd be sitting down to have one, two Oreos and she'd eat the whole box. You know, it's right. like, you know, when you're, I think when some people are drilled and told not to do things so many times that the first kind of time that they get to college, you know, they want to just go balls to the wall and, and experiment with everything. 
um, because their family was either sheltered or, you know, just so hardcore about, you know, not having an experimental, I, I don't know, but I think the rush, like you're saying, is, is a little awkward for us to process because, um, we, we, you know, we've never been down that road, but, um, you know, thinking of, okay, this could be late and this could give me an even bigger high than the next is almost, you know, it's like a thrill-seeking thing for them, but yeah. instead of cliff jumping they're freaking experimenting with with drugs it's definitely uh it's very it's it's hard to to process it's very hard to process it really is in my brain um but that's you know we've mentioned it before on a few podcasts um this is definitely you know our country is definitely having an epidemic and more so the Mm -hmm. east coast than any other place in this country and um I think the more the more you you know that the better you are um, at at preventing you know this from adapting into your world and I think just educate yourself get involved with the closest support group centers reach out to your friends if they're having this problem um, I know a lot of people tend to um, shun shun friends away that are dealing with problems like this oh no you know we'll use the name Becky since I apparently love it so much today, but Oh no, Becky, you know, is going down this road and, you know, I can't really be around her anymore. It's not good for me. And, and, you know, those are the times where you need to step up as a friend and step up as a family member and be willing to help these people because um, at a certain point they lose sight of themselves and it becomes the addiction that completely takes them over. So, yeah. Um, you know, and you know that firsthand, and I know it's hard to separate because you might be looking at your mom, sister, brother, relative, uh, acquaintance, friend, um, and they might be the shell of the person you once knew, but inside they have something bigger than them, and uh, that is completely taken over. So, yeah. you know, it's just it's a crazy, scary time right now in, in, in a lot of, you know, parts of the United States, but I think this for me hits home just because it is in our home and it's um, taken away a lot of really great people that, you know, just like you said, it's a, it's a one-time thing. You could be, you could be, you know, just getting to that point in your life where you don't really care. You don't really care if this is the last bad batch and, and this could be the last time you don't, you know, so, so definitely reach out and be a support system for those people. And if, as always, um, if you ever want to reach out to us and talk with us further or, or you have a, a self-help group or a, a community group that, that brings awareness to any of these topics that we ever touch on, please please reach out to us at paleobosslady.com, nikki-bovay.com, and everything on Facebook and YouTube, uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram as well. Um, we got about 45 seconds. What's well, just thank you, everyone, and we look forward to next week. We're going to be talking about uh, – we have a special guest next week. Yeah, we have Mario Jose coming on, a singer. With, he's done – he's open for Pentatonix, a Berkeley graduate, amazing singer. He's recording his first ever album, Heart of Gold. We're going to hear about the debut, and we're going to do kind of a tribute to new and upcoming artists. So awesome. Stay Can't wait. for that. Can't wait. Thanks, Thanks again, Claire. Claire. And, uh, Mom, I love you and everyone else. Have a great rest of the week, and we'll see you on the 17th. Ciao, ciao, everybody. Bye.